Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Lou, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors. One, another nail-biter over the Charlotte Hornets. Yes, every win over the Charlotte Hornets needs to be painful and difficult. Uh, this time, the Raptors winning by a score of 116-113. to 113. And, um, I mean, <laughs> you know, look, it was. did it need to be this difficult? Not necessarily. Uh, I thought the game against... Um, the Charlotte Hornets, uh, you know, two nights ago, which the Raptors clung on to win. I thought that one was, you know, already taking like three years off my life. This one took another like five. So, uh, I'm really going to like live till 40 at this point, uh, if, by the end of the Raptors season, if it goes the way it does. But I gotta say, um, you know, this season we've honestly had our fair share already of really, really tough losses and the Raptors tonight, um, you know, even though it was looking tough, it was a tough battle down the fourth uh, quarter. There was, a, you know, a lot of really nervy moments. You know, the Hornets just kept bombing threes. Um, but the Raptors got it done. The Raptors got it done. And we can start just like we did against uh, the Hornets last time. We start at the end and then go back through the course of the game. At the very end of the play in, in this game. So, um you wouldn't necessarily draw it up this way, but Stanley Johnson came up with two absolutely massive stops in the two most crucial defensive moments for the Raptors tonight. Uh, and in doing so, um, he forced two air balls. Let's actually start with the last play of the game. So the Hornets were down three points with about th- just over three seconds left in the game. Obviously, they're looking for a three to come out the timeout. The Hornets set up a play. They have Terry Rozier open-ish for three. Honestly, open enough to launch a three. Uh, off a bit of a miscommunication within the Raptors. I think Pascal was a little bit behind the play. I mean, you shouldn't even let a guy get a shot off, especially on a catch and shoot. But um, Stanley Johnson recognizes the play. He's heads up. He's not keeping an eye uh, on just his man. And he was guarding Bismack Biombo because Stanley is now a backup five, as you know. But Stanley recognizes the breakdown. He leaves Biombo. And I, I mean, it's it's kind of almost Chris Boucher-esque the way Stanley is able to recover because when Rozier catches the ball and he's slightly open because Pascal's slightly behind, Stanley Johnson is in the paint with Bismack Biombo. And what Stanley recognizes is that it's a three-point game. I'm leaving Bismack. Obviously, he's not going to shoot a three to tie. And he sprints out two huge steps and just closes out perfectly against Terry Rozier. Now, I would say Terry tried to go for the foul. He tried to contort his body a little bit. This is one of those things where karma kind of comes back to bite you. So I do feel like if Rozier kind of stepped into his normal shot rhythm, 
you know, I think Johnson's momentum from obviously such a late and, 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 and frantic closeout that, you know, Rogier might have drawn the contact and gone to the line. But Rogier was trying to contort his body so much that Johnson was actually able to fly by. And it was actually a really, really nice defensive possession because A, he starts off from so far deep in the paint. But B, he actually doesn't make like contact to the shot. And that that was a beautiful possession. That forces an air ball. Uh, Rogier's mad there's no call. Uh, the Raptors, you know, get the stop. Air ball. Raptors secure the rebound. The Hornets don't even try to foul. There's a less than a second left. Raptors clinch the win. So that is one of the two clutch plays by Stanley Johnson. But previously to that, with 30 seconds left, the Raptors had taken a two-point lead. They were protecting it. The Hornets have the ball. And... Nick Nurse makes a very key substitution because it's not like Stanley was closing the course of this game. No, what happened was that the Raptors were closing with Chris Boucher, who, who was very productive once again. But Nick wanted to have more switchability on the floor. And so he put Stanley Johnson into the game. Now, this is a really very, very brilliant and smart decision by Nick Nurse. I know Nick is taking a lot of heat this year. I mean, whatever, man. When you're like 2-8 and eight when the Raptors were, you got to take some heat. It's fine, man. Everyone can take it. They're all adults. They get paid. Uh, but Nick, you got to give him his flowers here because he puts in Stanley Johnson into the game. It Now, obviously, the Raptors had two timeouts. There were some intentionally fouling going on with the Hornets. You know, obviously, the Raptors had the lead, so they had to extend the game. So there were opportunities to play offense defense. But Nick putting in Stanley for these possessions was absolutely huge because Nick puts in Stanley for that possession, taking out Chris Boucher. And, you know, the Hornets run their play, uh, and, and and this time around, instead of trying to sort of hedge, recover, hedge, recover, things like that, um, the Raptors were able to, just instead of all that, just switch. And Stanley was able to stay at the top of the floor in that possession, and eventually what the Hornets end up getting was um, Devontae Graham isolated against Stanley Johnson, going in for a pull-up, late shot clock. And Graham, he does slip. But Johnson stays right there, takes away all his airspace. Obviously, Stanley's way bigger than Graham. Graham's like 5'10". Stanley's like 6'5", 6'6". Stanley just comes in, walls off all of his space, and forces another air ball by Graham. And the Raptors are able to secure possession. And the Raptors are able to play the foul game, extend the game, get to to a four-point lead. Um, You know, obviously two huge free throws by Fred Van Vliet in crunch time there after he got intentionally fouled. Of course, the Hornets being annoying, and of course, if you've ever seen a Raptors-Hornets game, uh, they're always disgustingly close. Shout out to Jeremy Lamb. And honestly, they have a tendency to go the Charlotte Hornets way. Um, you, know, you know, even Kemba Walker had some ridiculous game winners over the Raptors um, over the years. You know, Jeremy Lin had like 30 plus. I don't even want to talk about it. And of course, they had, you know, Gerald Henderson, who literally has an award on this show. But, um, you know, Graham, even after the Raptors went up four, came down the floor, immediately launched like this pull-up three. You know, Pascal was right there. You can argue Pascal could have been a little bit closer, but the worst thing to do in that situation would have been to foul. So, uh, but, I mean, Rogier hit a ridiculous three, and, it, it, you know, obviously, it was just a very, very tough game. But the Raptors won, and that's what's most important. The Raptors won. They've now strung together two wins. I've never said this, but... The Raptors are on a two-game win streak now, and they can really need to build off that, which it's kind of sad. The Raptors obviously have been winning like 50-plus years over the last couple, 50-plus games over the last few years. It's sad to talk about a two-game win streak, but that's where they are, and the Raptors got these two very, very narrow wins against the Hornets. Um, and, of course, Stanley Johnson, 
subbing into the game, two huge clutch stops. Definitely want to give him his props. Uh, of course, Nick Nurse deserves a lot of credit for putting Stanley into the game. Um, aside from that, though, there were another. There was also a handful of um, pivotal moments that that sort of led the Raptors to this win. First off, Kyle Lowry made two absolutely massive plays to just take the Raptors by the collar and just push them ahead, just by a little bit, but just by enough as well. It was one play, I think maybe less than two minutes left. Kyle Lowry gets isolated on Terry Rozier, drives. Rozier tries to flop and take the contact, but it's a blocking foul. Kyle goes to the free throw line, hits two free throws. That gives the Raptors, you know, a, a lead. And then, of course, Kyle Lowry one-on-one against Gordon Hayward. Um, and, yeah, man, I mean, you know, that's tough. That's, that's a very tough shot because I know it's not like Gordon Hayward's a fantastic defender. He's a good defender. He really is not bad. Definitely knows how to play. Uh, but Gordon Hayward is like 6'8", and Kyle Lowry is Kyle Lowry. And so creating the spacer was tough. But Kyle Lowry, similar to what he did against Kemba Walker, you know, little, you know, step, jab step a little bit, crossover, step back, uh, heavily contested, and Kyle Lowry making the long two there. I believe that gave the Raptors, um, let me just get the specifics here. That, that gave the Raptors a two-point lead with 38.8 seconds left. This is right after the Hornets had tied it with a three-pointer by Terry Rozier in the corner. Kyle had previously given the Raptors a three-point lead with those two free throws, so... Kyle Lowry was super clutch, and the Raptors absolutely needed it because the the crunch time offense of the Raptors didn't look good once again. It was a lot of um, stagnant possessions. I think Fred missed a wide-open three, which would have been really, really pivotal. Pascal also had a number of shots at it, and he just produced a lot of nothing after trying to ISO. Um, and so it was Kyle's turn, and Kyle just took over. And Kyle hasn't had that many clutch moments this season. You know, if anything, he's had some anti-clutch moments. But today, you know, he had he had the most composure on the Raptors tonight, and he made those two plays to give the Raptors that small advantage. And, of course, the Raptors' defense took it from there. Um, you know, I also got to shout out Chris Boucher for hitting two uh, key free throws. Raptors um, were trying to inbound the ball. They were down. Uh, they were up one at this point. Uh, Hornets obviously trying to intentionally foul to extend the game. And the, the Raptors inbound play, they got it to Pascal at first, but then Pascal tried to kick it back out to Kyle. That was almost uh, turned over Danny Green style. It wasn't as egregious as, as the Danny Green play, but definitely not in the same moment um, in, in terms of importance. But uh, Pascal and, and Kyle kind of miscommunicated a little bit. Pascal thought Kyle would stay at the top. Kyle kind of cleared out. And so the pass was a little bit behind Kyle. But, um, you know, the Raptors were able to maintain possession because the Hornets can only tip it out of bounds. And in the ensuing play, the only open pass was to Chris Boucher. And you would say out of the guys who were on the floor who were going to shoot those free throws, I mean, Boucher is maybe a better option than OJ on OB. OG is not necessarily a great free throw shooter, and he didn't shoot any tonight, so it would have been really tough for him to go to the line. But Boucher caught the ball, the Hornets fouled, and I thought, man... This is tough. I mean, you know, you never know. I mean, those are very, very heavy pressure moments. And generally speaking, bigs aren't the uh, most reliable when it comes to the free throw line in those situations. But Chris Boucher confidently steps to the line. I love, first off, that he takes them so quickly. Like, there's no hesitation, nothing. It's almost like a catch and shoot from the referee in terms of how quickly he takes the free throw from the referee. You know, obviously, guys have elaborate um, routines. You know, Chris, um, you know, the guy who started, who was ahead of him last year, Serge Ibaka, has one of the most... Uh, elaborate routines like surge takes like an hour to shoot a free throw um but chris immediately just shoots two 
Uh, both of them draw iron, but they bounce in, and that was huge to give the Raptors. Obviously, that three-point edge is totally different than having a two-point edge. Um, and and yeah, you know the Raptors survive, but you know it was a it was a very skittish game in terms of kind of the two teams going back and forth. Uh, I would say uh, very evenly contested between the two sides. Um, you know, the Hornets got so much contribution from their perimeter players. They had Gordon Hayward returning from injury. Gordon Hayward had 25 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists. Honestly, very, very tough to stop. Gordon has been really good this year, playing inspired basketball of late. Um, and, you know, just, just, he was very tough. I mean, he got by OG. He got by Pascal. The little pump fake that Gordon Hayward has is very effective because he is kind of a, not a set shooter, but he's kind of deliberate in terms of when he shoots. That he kind of plays at his own pace. So when he puts that pump fake up there, and because he's so good from the mid range and from the three point line, he's able to use that fake. And he drew, he got a lot of free throws. He got ten free throws tonight. Um, that led all players, and well, actually that tied Chris Boucher in, in terms of all players. Um, you know, Graham had a nice game for them. He's been up and down this season, but he's you know he was really nice for them tonight. Four of nine, including some ridiculous layups that went in. Terry Rozier has been on a tear all season, um, and and honestly, he's living up to the nickname Scary Terry. He played well, twenty four points. He was scoring. He hit six threes as well. And then Lamelo did his thing a little bit. You know, the Hornets also had those like you know big guys. You know, PJ Washington. You know, Miles Bridges kind of doing their little thing in the inside, and they were hitting those threes too. So it was a tough game. But the Raptors, I think, one of two things. One, the Raptors prepare for the zone quite well because obviously in the last game. The Hornets went to the zone. The Raptors only scored 12 points in the fourth quarter. Nearly lost the Raptors the game. Obviously, the Raptors had the day in between. They used it to practice, and they practiced a lot of zone. And today, what we saw from the Raptors today was, I think, a really concerted effort to go and exploit the zone by hitting the corner three. Um, The Raptors, well, they attacked the zone two ways. One, they just tried to play super fast. Um, which worked really well against the Hornets uh, in, in on Thursday's game. It worked really well tonight as well. Um, but the Raptors were able to get in, out in transition. Of course, you know, if you run out in transition, the other team's going to have a hard time setting up a zone, man. You're not really going to set up a zone with, like, f- you know, three guys back in transition. So, A, the Raptors did a good job playing out in transition. Um, but, B, I thought the Raptors, when they got into the half-court set, were pretty good, generally speaking, after the first little bit, because the Raptors started the game off terribly. But... Um, the Raptors were generally quite good at finding the corner shooter, whether that was getting the ball into the middle of the floor, screening to get someone driving into the paint and then kicking it out and reversing it. But the ball seemed to always end up in the corner, and the Raptors just were lights out uh, from three tonight. Twenty-one of forty-nine, sorry, twenty-one of forty-nine from three, which is forty-three percent. That was awesome. And of course, the Raptors needed every single one of those threes because. Um, yeah, the Hornets were, you know, have some firepower of their own. And honestly, you know, it's a bit of a skewed uh, in terms of diet of shots because you look at it, the Raptors took 49 threes out of their 62 field goal attempts, which means that they only took, what, 37 twos as compared to 49 threes. That's usually the other way around, 49 twos and 37 threes. But, um, you know, the Raptors just definitely saw the three-point line as a way to attack the zone. And honestly, it's not bad because, you know, if you do what the Raptors did, which was, you know, use screens effectively both on ball to get the perimeter player to slash inside first before kicking it out or to even set screens off the ball to overload one side of the floor to create an advantage and an open shooter in the corner, that is 
generally speaking, the way you, you you beat a zone, it's so much harder to drive straight through the zone, even if you screen or whatever like that. Just by function of the zone defense, someone's probably going to be waiting for you at the rim, and there's probably going to be plenty of help um, along the way. So you're probably going to get stripped and, and turn the ball over. And the Raptors tonight, I thought you know it was a smart move to play for the zone. Now, I will say, at the start of the game, it did not look that way. The Raptors started with Aaron Baines once again. And, you know, I, look, I like Aaron Baines. I Honestly, I like all the guys on the team. You know, it's it's hard to necessarily criticize these guys so much because, um, you know, these guys are good people. Baines, you know, he's got a, he's a, you know, he's got a, a newborn at home. Um, you know, he's been a very likable player at every single stop, a kind of a fan favorite. Um, but you know, I, there's nothing you can say about this. He's, he gets back in the starting lineup. He hasn't done anything really to deserve starting the, you know, obviously this season, you know, but Nick trusts Baines to start again. He gives him that shot. He gave Baines that shot against the Hornets last game too. Didn't work out. Um, but Nick goes back to Baines and Baines, look at the set line, man. Four points, zero, sorry, four minutes, zero points, three rebounds, two turnovers, a minus 10 in four minutes. How do you even have time as a center to have two turnovers in ten, in four minutes? Like the Raptors don't even give him the ball. Like, it, it, you know, it, it's, it sucks. I mean, he had an open three in the corner that he missed. He had OJ and Ovi driving the lane and or driving the baseline and then hitting Baines for a nice bounce pass along the baseline. Very little space. Baines unable to convert like a layup. Like, I believe you turned that over. Those are one of his two turnovers. Like, it was just bad. And Raptors offensively looked really bad because six minutes through the first quarter, the Raptors had two points. Two. And, you know, the Hornets were just completely keeping the Raptors um, flummoxed. You know, I think if you look at uh, what the Raptors did well today, obviously, you know, bringing Boucher into the game really helped. Uh, Boucher was a plus 15 in his 31 minutes. Compare that to minus 10 in four minutes for Baines. It's almost un- mathematically impossible, almost mathematically impossible to have that big of a swing. Um, you know, if you look at, you know, basically the, the three ball was very important tonight. And of course, the Raptors need a lot of um, bench production. They, obviously, Boucher came in. He hit the three. He was really effective. Uh, he was also quite active around the basket. So when the Raptors did have a breakdown and stuff like that, uh, create a breakdown in the Hornets defense. They were able to find Boucher. Boucher was able to capitalize. Uh, Norm was really good, and I'll definitely touch on Norm, but what didn't really work out for the Raptors was Pascal. Pascal obviously had been thriving at the basket previous to the two Hornets games. In the two Hornets games, he was quite quiet, largely because of the zone. Um, look, at the moment, Pascal doesn't want to go to the three that much. Honestly, based on him shooting over five today, doesn't really seem like something that he should be leaning on that much. If you've noticed, Pascal has really cut his three-point attempts down, gone to the basket a lot more. However, Pascal was just really, really shut out by the zone. I mean, look, just on that basis alone, the Hornets zone was effective tonight because um, if you look at the way Pascal operates, right, he's not really going to be able to break down that many guys. Honestly, he has a hard time sometimes breaking down just one guy. When the help comes, he's generally quite good at making the read. He's gotten a lot better at that this year. Um, But... You know, he's not going to be able to force his way in. And he had a couple of transition layups, which is nice. And, of course, you need that from Pascal. But, uh, you know, it's... Yeah, I mean, he was very ineffective tonight. Nine points in 32 minutes. You know, he picked up his third foul rather quickly and rather cheaply on a reach-in against P.J. Washington, who was just trying to reverse the ball, the three-point line, no threat whatsoever. That took Pascal out of the game for a while. And he just couldn't find a rhythm. And, of course, this game was so... so much uh, emphasized on in the three-point line. Of course, with Pascal not shooting well tonight, 0 for 5, 
he just kind of had no place to play, which is understandable. I don't want him necessarily to jack up 20 shots just because. But at the same time, you also, as the number one guy, can't just be frozen out of a game just because the other team's playing a zone, right? Like, it, it, it can't be that simple. And it's not even like Pascal was such a engine of the offense where, okay, he's not scoring, but be, because the Hornets are sending so much help, he's picking out all the right passes and, and breaking them apart. If you've ever seen LeBron play against the zone, th- that's kind of what I'm talking about. Of course, I'm not comparing the two players. I'm just saying uh, that's ideally what should happen. Um, But yeah, Pascal was just really quiet. I mean, he had a couple of nice finds early on, and I was actually okay with it. He had a really nice block against Bismack Biombo. Kind of a double block. Shout out to Danny and Kawhi, but, um, you know, Kyle and, and Pascal both came in to deny Bismack Biombo, which was a very nice play and showed great hustle and effort. But, yeah, I mean, Pascal, look, listen, man, it, it, it just wasn't enough offensively tonight. And, you know, he did have a layup in the fourth quarter. Then he tried to ISO. Then those went nowhere. Uh, it's just not enough. It's just not enough. And, you know, you would, you, you know, it, it's part of it goes down to skill. Come Part of it comes down to sort of, you know, the rhythm of the game and things like that. But, um, yeah, it was disappointing to see him be so invisible against his zone. And I thought Fred forced it a little bit, to be honest. You know, I think you, you got to show a little bit more patience in the zone. And there were some times where, where Fred was just jacking up shots. There was, like, some weird sequences, like a two-on-one with Fred and Pascal on the fast break. Fred decided to take it in for a layup. Yeah, there was some contact. It didn't get called. But, like, why are you even trying to move for the free throw there? Because he ended up he just ended up throwing up a circus layup that went nowhere. Just, like, find Pascal. Like, I, I don't understand. Like, you, you run the break as a point guard on a two-on-one. You should be able to get a layup, not just free throws. Um, or if at least free throws where someone's in te- really, really trying hard to stop you. Um, so, you know, Fred had some moments, you know, where he, it kind of looked bad. Of course, Fred did play well decently in terms of his uh, ball movement in the zone. Got into the middle of the floor and stuff like that. That was good. But um, kind of an off game from Fred as well. Uh, but what what really worked out well? I mean, the bench. Uh, Norm Powell, 24 points off the bench. His best game of the season. You know, absolutely. Bar none. And it's not a perfect game. I don't think Norm is really going to play perfect games at the moment. He's going to make mistakes. There's one very costly mistake at the end of halftime. Where? The Raptors, uh, you know, had given up the lead a little bit. They had a double-digit lead. The Hornets were making some threes. They are making a comeback. And the Raptors had final possession with, like, you know, I don't know. The shot clock was turned off. The Raptors had the ball. And Kyle threw a hit-ahead pass to Norm. And Norm, for some reason, decided to pull up from, like, 30 feet, contested three, I think, against Bismack Biombo. You might want to see him drive instead there. But um, the main issue, it's not even necessarily that he p- pulled for the shot. Whatever, man. End of the ga- end, end of a shot clock situation there. You'll take a three. I don't, I don't really care that much. Norm was also hitting threes well. The issue was that Norm left so much time on the clock. There was, like, six seconds left when he bricked the, th- the three. And the Hornets were able to collect the rebound. Terry Rozier go the other way and hit a buzzer-beating three to then cut the Raptors' advantage at halftime to only two points when it should have been five. And that's a very, very important play, of course, that people got really upset by. And, of course, I'm frustrated too. It's just a bad decision. At least play some defense with your offense um, in that situation, right? Having said that, though, Norm was absolutely effective in the other aspects of the game. I thought the zone defense that the Hornets played really... um, played into Norm's night. I think, especially when you're attacking a zone defense, there's less like um, trying to break down the defense and trying to run a pick and roll, finding a read, finding a seam, things like that. There's less calculating and just like attacking. The decision, generally speaking, is made for you. If the Raptors can get 
past the zone at the initial point of attack, get into the paint, force some help. The kickout's going to be there, and then at that point, it's just about rotating the ball and being in the right spots and being ready to shoot. And Norm is very, very good when you take that decision-making out of the equation and just focus on attacking. Norm tonight, 6-9 of nine from 3. That's a career high in terms of 3s made for Norm. He's done it a few times. The six threes. He also got to the free throw line six times. Had a nice pump fake against Gordon Hayward, who, who um, bit on the pump fake and fouled Norm. It was just nice to see because Gordon had gotten the Raptors at least three, four times with the pump fake. So it was nice to see Norm return the favor. And Norm was just very efficient, man. He His scoring really, really kept the Raptors... Um, uh, not alive, but kept the Raptors like really, really viable throughout the course of the game because the Hornets were doing a lot offensively, and it felt like the Raptors couldn't really guard the Hornets, so they needed to keep scoring. And Norm, uh, 24 points in 28 minutes. I mean, this is what the Raptors got from Norm last year. Points, and then just like, you know, some rebounds and the odd assists, you know, sprinkled in there. As someone pointed out to me on Twitter, um, the norm had two assists tonight that's his season high at the moment he had a string of ones so he had two tonight which is nice i think that's again a product of the zone defense but norm being very efficient with his offense is absolutely what you need as much as you want to you know critique norm and i've definitely done that um because honestly he has had a lot of bad games and nick has himself said so uh when he gives you 24 points in this fashion um, you cannot complain. <laughs> and it, it, it erases everything else that he did. I mean, it, it's, you know, he obviously can cut down on some of the mistakes and things like that, some poor reads, but uh, he was fantastic tonight. And hopefully this kind of effort can be more consistent for him because, look, Norm is capable. One thing you're seeing right now with Norm, and if you are optimistic about Norm making a comeback, which I am too, actually, I, I don't think Norm's going to be like this all season. But if you look at Norm, he's above 40% from three yet again. You know, he was 40% in 2018-19. He was 40% last season. He's above 40% from three this year and on similar volume. So the three is not the issue. The issue has been the twos. The twos have just not fallen for Norm at almost a comical rate, right? Norman Powell, for his career, is 62% within the uh, three feet of the basket. Last season, it was a career high from 66%. But he's always been a guy who's been relatively efficient at scoring at the rim. This year, he's at 44% at the rim. And it might have even dropped tonight. Um, that is just unsustainable. It'll come up eventually. Of course, there are the mistakes and everything like that. And, of course, those are very glaring and uh, honestly quite annoying to watch. But um, he was good today. You got to give Norm a lot of credit. Boucher, obviously, was great. Came into the game much better than Baines. I just think that, look, I don't know what Baines is doing that fits with the Raptors. It kind of just the Raptors play around him. Um you know, he, he's, he's like, he's, yeah, I don't know, man. It's just, it's been tough for Baines. Um, but Boucher fits the style of the Raptors. He can score. When he comes on the floor, the Raptors suddenly have five guys who can score. Boucher continues to be extremely efficient with his offense. 20 points on seven shots. Five of seven from, from the field. Two of four and eight of ten from the free throw line. Nine rebounds, two uh, uh, blocks as well for Boucher. Plus 15 in 31 minutes. He was fantastic. The Raptors absolutely needed him as they have pretty much all season this year. I don't think the Raptors have a single win without Boucher this year. Um, and yeah, you know, it, it's it's great. I, I I don't know if the Raptors start with Boucher necessarily. I think that the Raptors really like him in his current role. He's obviously playing a ton of minutes, so I don't really care necessarily about who starts. I mean, I care about who doesn't start, which is Baines or Len at this point. So, honestly, maybe start Stanley or something, but, like, you know, if you don't want to start Boucher, but Boucher obviously has 
you know, is one of the Raptors' five best players this season. He probably should get more opportunities. There are still times where he makes mistakes, right? Like, he bit on a Gordon Hayward pump fake. Uh, there are times where he got mu- out muscle for rebounds, things like that. Tried to finish around the basket once or twice, you know, kind of got knocked off. Um, although, I mean, 5 of 7, you can't really complain. Um, but honestly, man, Boucher has been great this year, and you kind of let him play through his mistakes. He's been really good. Nick obviously took him off the floor for those final possessions. There Again, there are some possessions there where... On switches, you know, it seemed like, for example, when Rozier got an open three that tied the game in, in the final minute before Kyle put him ahead, it seemed like, I, I couldn't watch the replay because for some reason the TSN, you know, uh, website doesn't allow you to rewind, which is, I mean, why am I paying for this service if I can't rewind a game that I paid for? Um, but anyway, I couldn't go back and watch. But to me, it looked like the Raptors were confused as to, are they switching? Are they hedging? Are they trapping the ball? What are they doing with the ball? And there was a that brief moment of confusion where it seemed like the Raptors were going to switch. Two guys went to one guy, and then the Hornets got a brief, you know, um, two on one on one side of the floor, and they attacked it, and they got the open corner three for Rozier. So there are still mistakes, absolutely, and the Raptors have acknowledged those. You know, Fred was talking about it in practice. Nick was talking about it in practice. There are still more things that Boucher can do. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. That are more um, less obvious than scoring. And obviously the highlight blocks, you know, in terms of just like um, being the right coverages, being the right spots, things like that. Um which will make him better. Obviously, he's not a finished product by any means, but Boucher has been fantastic. And honestly, Boucher has been so good. Nick Nurse actually used his coach's challenge for someone other than Kyle Lowry because all you know about Nick is that he's going to challenge every single game and he's probably going to use it for Kyle. And um, tonight, he actually used it for Boucher. It was actually going to be Boucher's fifth foul. It turned out to be Boucher's fifth foul. It's an unsuccessful challenge. Boucher made a contest of the basket, I believe, against P.J. Washington. Um, but yeah, Boucher has been really, really productive and he's been really good. So, um, it was a nice win. It was, you know, again, really happy for Stanley. He's been one of the Raptors brightest, um, not brightest, but he's been one of the Raptors most positive stories this season. Obviously Boucher, his breakout year has been the number one most, you know, serendipitous storyline of the season. I would say Stanley emerging as a, uh, rotation piece is probably second, um, by the way, Stanley hit two of two from three today. Stanley's shooting 43% from three this season. Don't ask me how many attempts. Just enjoy the fact that he's shooting 43% from three this year. Um, and came up with the two stops. You know, it, it was an ugly win. You know, I, I mean, I, I don't know, man. I think you got to appreciate the results. I mean, look, listen, all the basketball this year is fake. That's that's my official stance uh, this season. 
you know, Detroit just beat Miami by 20 points, you know, okay, Memphis just beat Philly by two, you know, like, I, you know, all this stuff is fake, okay, but, um, yeah, you know, you, you got to savor them, the Raptors are four and eight now, in terms of your three stars, first star, I'm really tempted to give it to Stanley, now, first star, I'm giving it to Kyle Lowry, 19 points, six rebounds, six assists, a block, six of 13 from the field, three of seven from three, four or four from the free throw line, Kyle just made so many huge plays for the Raptors, all night long, um, you know, the, the two plays at the end there were, um, you know, he, he drove into Rozier for the two free throws to put the Raptors up three. Rozier ties it with three of his own. Then Kyle Lowry isolates against Gordon Hayward and stops him. Unbelievable. By the way, Kyle also had another stop defensively in that fourth quarter down the stretch where literally nobody could stop Gordon Hayward. Kyle Lowry's guarding Gordon Hayward and forces him to a stop. Go figure, right? Kyle Lowry... You know, we all know, man. Kyle over everything, man. That's what this podcast is named after. Um, second star for tonight, I'm going to give it to Norman Powell. 24 points off the bench. Obviously, he's been struggling this year, but plus 22, the best plus minus on the team. His scoring was much needed. The Nick Nurse rode him really hard for a stretch there in the second half where Norm checked into the game third quarter, maybe like midway through, like six minutes in, and then he didn't come out until like you know, four or five minutes, maybe three, four minutes. So Norm had a really long run there, but gave the Raptors huge scoring and the Raptors needed it. And then your third star, you can go a lot of places with this. OG had a really nice game, uh, 18 points, five rebounds, a, a assists, four steals, four of eight from three. He had, a, you know, a couple of break breakaway dunks, which was great. You can give it to Chris Boucher, who's been awesome this year. But I'm going to give it to Stanley, man. Listen, if you come up with the two most clutchest stops of the game, I'm going to give you the third star. And I'm going to... Thrilled with Stanley this season. Rooting for this guy. He's such a great guy. He's a really nice guy. Um, and I'm honestly, the Raptors have needed him. So uh, Stanley gets your third star. In terms of your Gerald Henderson Award winner, uh, you can go a lot of ways with this one. But I think I'm going to give it to P.J. Washington. Just a really nice, complete game from P.J. 14 points, 12 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 blocks. Spent a lot of that time guarding Pascal. Um, you know, I, I like the kind of forwards the Hornets have. I like the identity the Hornets have. They play really hard. They play really well. They got a pretty good coach. They got some pretty decent talent. And honestly, like, you know, I don't know if they have elite all-star talent at all on this roster, but Rozier's making a jump. Gordon Hayward's been really nice. Like, the Hornets are a tough team. I, I, I don't think you should look at it as, oh, the Raptors beat the Hornets twice. That's what they should do. The Hornets, quite frankly, have played way better this season than the Raptors have. So those are actually two nice wins by the Raptors. So... Uh, PJ's going to get the Gerald Henderson Award winner. But, uh, yeah, you know, the Raptors win two in a row. They got, uh, what, two days off now, which is uh, quite nice before they play the Mavericks on the 18th. So, what's that, Tuesday? Um, Yeah, I mean, or or Monday, I guess. So, uh, yeah, the Raptors (laughs) still got to, obviously, it's still a bit of a long climb until 500, but they need to keep building on it. The Mavs, obviously... um, I mean, they're, they're a good team. What can I say? Uh, you know, they're 6-5 and five on the season. Um, they just lost to the Bucks, a very close game there. Um, but, you know, they had won four in a row before that. You know, they had a... And this is with a number of guys, um, you know, missing due to COVID. So, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, hopefully the Raptors can get them. They'll be in the second half of back-to-back. They're playing the Bulls on Sunday. So, and they'll be on the road. So, um, hoping the Raptors can just take care of business there. But... We'll see. It will be a tough task. And honestly, might see a lot of Stanley Johnson once again when the Raptors need someone to stop Luka. So, um, yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Um, to everyone on YouTube, this is the new look. So look for this box instead of what was previously there. Um, 
you know we've upgraded our graphics a little bit so uh, hopefully you guys like this look if you you know let, let me know what this look um if, what you think of the look so far but obviously people are you know not here for looks they're here for the raptors and for me to do a half hour monologue after every game so um yeah thanks everyone for listening and i'll check back in um you know on monday peace hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.